الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم حديث نمبر 6 from بلوغ المرام and this is under the كتاب الطهارة the book of purification a man who accompanied the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم narrated that Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade a woman to bathe with the water left over by a man and that a man should not bathe with the water left over by a woman and instead they should both take scoopfuls of water together this hadith is reported by Abu Dawood al-Nasai wa isnaduhu sahih and it's a chain of narrators is sahih and is authentic Qala al-Shaykh rahimahullah Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah in explaining this hadith he said that the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam where he forbade a woman to bathe with the water left over by a man means that if a person takes a bath from a certain pot then he leaves the place and then another woman comes to bathe in the same taking from the same pot this is what is declared to be forbidden in this hadith and as we will see with the next hadith inshallah the matter will be much more clear now the opposite is also true that a person a male takes from the leftover of a woman after bathing <coughs> and then of course the woman is not any woman it's referred to the husband and wife Then he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, gave the direction as to the etiquette where it should be corrected in the sense, وَلْيَغْتَرِفَا جَمِيعًا And instead they should both take scoopfuls of the water together. And from this we know that if bathing is incumbent upon the wife and the husband, or the husband, then it is not fitting for the person to go alone and bathe then his wife comes and take the bath after him but rather the Prophet ﷺ directed for a better method and that is instead they should both take the scoopfuls of the water together and this is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ himself used to do he and Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha they used to bathe from the same vessel their hands intermingle in the same one and she used to say to him radiallahu ta'ala anha da'li da' leave for me, leave for me if he would go first and their hands go and mingle together and in this therefore with her husband this became a sunnah by action as well as by saying and there is another benefit in this to have both taking the bath and scooping from the same vessel is al-ilfatu والاقتصاد في الماء 
is to achieve harmony and also not to be extravagant in the usage of water and this is a lifting of informality between the husband and his wife and this would increase a thiqa, the trustworthiness between them and affection also as well from the benefits of this hadith is the direction of the Prophet ﷺ to that which is the beneficial or beneficial for the ummah even in matters which people may be bashful in mentioning amongst each other and that it is befitting for the person not to take you know a bath alone and his wife alone and from the benefits that it is permissible for the man to look at his wife naked and she also looking at him naked and there is no problem with that and as far as the hadith which is reported from Aisha that she had said that I haven't seen meaning the private part of the Prophet ﷺ, nor did he see my private part this is an inauthentic report and therefore we learn from this is the permissibility of being naked a husband and a wife and bathing <coughs> and looking at each other and from the benefits of this hadith is that <coughs> it is the husband should do his utmost to bring forth harmony between him and his wife and to lift up informalities between them in fact this is what the Prophet ﷺ directed by using his term instead they should take together together then the Shaykh rahimahullah pointed that some of the scholars are with the opinion that if, he, if a person takes a bath from what's left from after his wife takes a bath then this would not lift up his ritual impurity then the Shaykh rahimahullah pointed that this is incorrect then we go to the next hadith inshallah and then from both we will learn more benefits inshallah ta'ala the next hadith which is reported by Ibn Abbas narrated Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma may Allah be pleased with him and his father that the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam used to bath with the water left over by Maymuna كَانَ يَغْتَسِلُ بِفَضْلِ مَيْمُونَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهَا as reported by Muslim and وَلِأَصْحَابِ السُّنَنْ and from the compilers of the Prophet's sayings it is reported that one of the wives of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam took bath from a vessel then came the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam and when he wanted to take bath from that vessel she said I was sexually impure he said water does not become sexually impure 
So, from this hadith, we learn the following that it hints that the Prophet ﷺ was married to more than one woman. And was this because of a sexual drive and enjoyment? Or that it has other objectives above such ones? The latter is with no doubt. And that's why his wives all were non-virgin only one and that is Aisha may Allah be pleased with her and her father had he been a lustful husband as the enemies of Islam said about him then he would have chosen the most beautiful virgins from women and he would have asked from his companions to marry whomever he wished and they would go for that however he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted that a connection with every tribe of the Arabs to be possible through marriage and from the benefits of this is that these wives of the Prophet the mothers of the believers may Allah be pleased with all of them they had relatives and they used to tell their relatives as to what the Prophet ﷺ used to do at his home from the things which only women are able to encounter and see. So Ibn Abbas who narrated this hadith who was the one who told Ibn Abbas as to the manner in which the Prophet ﷺ used to take the bath she is Maymuna Maymuna, the wife of the Prophet ﷺ and Maymuna is Ibn Abbas maternal aunt Maymuna is Ibn Abbas's maternal aunt and from this therefore there is a benefit as to the issue of the multiple wives that the Prophet ﷺ had and that they carried the knowledge to this Ummah from the benefits of this hadith is that it is permissible it is permissible to relate that which is that which is someone is bashful about and the purpose behind this is to dissipate knowledge and that this kind of practice is not considered from the one which is forbidden and that is dissipating the secrets in the private relationship between a husband and his wife no, this is not from that kind however it is a clarification of hukmun shar'i of a legal ruling that is beneficial to this ummah and that is in this particular sense that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to bath from what's left over after Maymuna's bath and from the benefits of this hadith is the humbleness 
of the Prophet ﷺ, where he used to bathe from what is left over from his wife, and had he been from those arrogant ones, alaykum salam, rahmatullahi ta'ala, barakat, had he been from those arrogant wives, from arrogant people, he would have said to his wife, don't come cross and touch this water until I finish taking my bath in it. However, he وسلم, is the master of those who are humble and the best of people to his wives and to his family. As he وسلم, said, خيركم, خيركم لأهلهي, لأهلي. The best of you are those who are best to their wives and I am the best among you to my wives and then came the report from the compilers of the Sunan and they reported that one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ took a bath from a vessel then came the Prophet ﷺ and when he wanted to take bath from the same vessel she said I was sexually impure He said, water does not become sexually impure. So, here it's mentioned that one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, knowing her name in particular, is not relevant concerning the ruling. It does not affect the ruling. Meaning, Whether she was Aisha or Maimuna or Um Salama or Zainab, this does not affect the ruling if the name was not mentioned. So she mentioned that I was, and most likely she was Maimuna by the way then, because in the hadith that came earlier. So the Prophet ﷺ came to take a bath from there. And she told him, Inni kuntu junuba. I was sexually impure. Meaning that I took a bath from it while I was in a state of sexual defilement, junub. So the Prophet ﷺ made it clear to her, Inna al-ma'a la yajnub. Water does not become sexually impure. Meaning it does not get affected by your state of Janaba. And this is the same, similar to the incident where Aisha reported that when he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, one time requested from her to give him the mat to pray on. And she said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, I had my menses. He said, Inna laysat fi yadik. Your menses is not in your hand. Meaning that the menses does not affect this matter of handling me the mat. And similarly here, the sexual defilement does not affect the water. From the benefits of this hadith, 
that the water does not change from being pure purifying to being pure and not purifying if someone takes from it to bath from janaba from sexual defilement and from the benefits of this hadith is the good teaching of the Prophet ﷺ, where he made clear the ruling by mentioning the cause where he said water does not become sexually impure in his response these are some of the benefits alhamdulillah from this hadith and from the one before and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who learn and benefit from what they learn and they apply it upon themselves and in their immediate relations and convey it in truth to the Muslims with the intention of benefiting them Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam